Hey Spotlight friends, welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight with your host Chanel Shaw. Today we'll be sitting down with my awesome friend Jasmine Jobert. She is a school counselor and she'll be answering questions and offering us tips and tricks on how to talk to your child about mental health. Um, your child or your teenager. How do you navigate those conversations, especially in the midst of a pandemic um, when things have been so challenging for a lot of our kids? A content warning in this episode, we will be discussing mentions of suicide and that content may be alarming to some listeners. Please check our show notes for more detailed descriptions and take care of yourself. You are loved and enjoy the episode. Jasmine, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Okay. So Jasmine, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do on a daily basis. Okay. So my name is Jasmine Jobert. I live in Louisiana, but I'm a transplant to here. I'm from Wisconsin originally, and I have two daughters that are lovely. And by day, I am a school counselor, and I've been doing that for two years now, got my master's during a pandemic, which was insanity. And now I'm working in elementary school with second through fourth grade students. Oh, my gosh. That is so exciting. And you just started at a new school. Yes, I did. Yes, which is congratulations. And so you're working with babies. What is that like? Is it a different kind of energy? I know you were working with older kids prior to this. Yes. High schoolers versus elementary, a whole different life. I taught in high school before, so definitely comfort zone in that from years of youth ministry as well. But being with the babies is like a next level experience as a counselor. There's no guilt or shame around counseling when you're that young. And so they're just so excited. And like my office has toys in it and squishies and all this stuff they like and like comfy chairs. So they're really excited to come see the counselor, which is very refreshing where my high schoolers were like, well, I don't need help. I don't need therapy. You know how we get when we get older? Mm, um, and you're like, <laughs> baby, the kids, I think you I'm do. Like, you do. Yeah. You actually, you, you need it more, but mm-hmm. whatever. But the little ones are like so excited just to have somebody who wants to spend time with them. Oh, that's awesome. And you are such an awesome person for everyone listening. Jasmine and I have been friends for, wow, like eight Ten years. years? Yeah, it seems like (laughs) so. she's awesome. And I'm so happy that she's going to be talking with us today, especially because we are, you know, segueing into conversations during Suicide Prevention Month. And Mm -hmm. so Jasmine is going to be sharing a lot of her experiences and her tips and tricks kind of as our kids go back into school and different things like that, how to converse with them. And so Jasmine, when you're working in the school system, what are the things that you see in regards to mental health with your kids? A big range, honestly. In this pandemic, it's actually been kind of crazy to see the effects on kids' mental health, especially because a lot of mental health is like learned at home. And so parents went through this societal trauma throughout the last year and a half And that stress and anxiety is pushed onto children. And so there's a lot of students that are coming in with anxiety. Even we had our first two days of school and my students were already talking about the pandemic, wondering if we're going to go virtual. They have so many questions about Mm. all of this. And so in light of a lot of that, last year working in the high school, we were doing more suicide assessments and more child protective services calls than we ever have. 
And the rates of that nationally have really gone up, especially suicide with older kids or even just suicidal ideation in younger kids. But a lot of just general like fear of death, loneliness, those kind of things are really coming out in our kids more than ever. And so that's something we do a lot with the younger ones, especially there's something about like third and fourth grade girls, lots of anxiety comes out around that age, especially now. And being in Louisiana, we also during the pandemic had multiple hurricanes that were really traumatic. And so I have students with weather anxiety, which is on top of being afraid about the pandemic. And so there's just kind of this compilation of anxiety for a lot of young kids. And that anxiety can breed a lot of intrusive thoughts and those kind of things where they just can't make their thoughts stop, which is a lot of what we see in students who end up having suicidal ideation. So, Mm, Wow. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine having to help children navigate, you know, those thoughts. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, I am childless and so (laughs) I can't relate on a parental level to how to kind of converse with your children and help them back into the reality that is, you know, being in school, being around their peers. But I can imagine, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, that there was a lot of conflict happening in the past year, year and a half in the minds and hearts of kids. And so helping them navigate that must have been challenging. Do you have any kind of tips for parents that are, you know, having their child experience, you know, depressive thoughts or, you know, anxiety kind of leaning into the school year and um, with everything that you've been seeing? Yes. I mean, there's a lot of things that parents can be doing at home. The first and primary one is if your kid is in a school system where they have a school counselor, reach out to them, especially if you're seeing these things at home. Your school counselors are trying to like meet the needs of every child. Our caseloads are kind of crazy. So I have like almost 300 students that I'm responsible Mm -hmm. for. And so if you have a concern, make that call and ask them to just see your child and they'll just pull your child, have a conversation. But any insight you can offer is helpful. There are also so many good counselors offering virtual counseling right now. And just so much of that conversation can happen with a person that's not you. Students just are not always willing to speak to their parents initially, but with the help of a counselor, they can really come through that. Another thing is if you as a parent are struggling with anxiety over what the past year and a half has been like, Mm. and you find that you can't stop talking about it in front of your child, or you can't stop thinking about it, and it's becoming an issue for you, you finding somebody to talk to is really important um, because those conversations are really not to be processed with a child. So even though you are having these really difficult times and this is really difficult, it's important to inform your child of the reality of what is happening and that COVID is real and that you need to wash your hands and all of those things. And all of that is good. But I do think when we get too anxious, we can push that onto our children by being like, well, you never know what's going to happen. And we get really Mm. intense in front of our children. And even if in the moment they're not acting on that, they do take in all of those moments. Um, So it's good to see your parents have a healthy range of emotions, but you know when your emotions are becoming unhealthy. And so just to kind of keep yourself in check. And that's a good model for your child too, to be like, I don't feel like I am managing my own anxiety very well right now. I feel like I need to go see a counselor. I feel like Mm. I need to go pray a rosary. I feel like mommy needs to take a break. Like all of that stuff is good for them to see that healthy modeling Mm. because that's a lot of what it is for a child is just seeing how your parents react to situations and then trying to model that 
So they're going to look to you for a lot of that, which is a lot of pressure when we're all feeling the way we're feeling right now. But another thing is, it's hard. I know some kids just don't want to talk. They get home or they, you pick them up or they get off the bus and you're like, how was your day? And they have nothing to say and they don't want to talk about it. The question, how was your day? Isn't necessarily the best question to ask a kid because they can easily just be like, good. And then they can stop. And anyone can say their day was good and they had a horrible day. Even little kids. Normally, they're generally very honest, but if something's going on, and they already sense that you are stressed or you're having anxiety, they don't want to add to that. Mm. So that's a big thing with my little kids is even first graders, second graders, third graders will pick up on, well, mom and dad have a lot going on. I don't want to be a burden. And so they won't bring their problems. So asking open-ended question, which is any question that doesn't answer yes or no. So like, tell me about your favorite thing about school today. One of the things I always ask my kids is, what was the best thing that happened today? And they'll pick something. And like, was there anything not good that happened today? Like, was there one thing that wasn't as good? Mm. And then I'll let them try to answer that. And I do that whenever I check out with students at the end of the day. And sometimes they're like, no, everything was good. But sometimes they're like, they'll sit and think. And then there was something that wasn't as good. And then I can process why they thought that wasn't that good. And parents can be having those conversations too, to kind of gauge where their kid is at. Hmm. Wow. Yes. That is amazing. I never would have thought of, you know, not asking a question that, you know, requires yes or no, because Mm -hmm. I even remember as a kid, you know, my parents asked me how I was doing and kids are really intuitive. So they kind of sense the energy. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, oh, mommy's overwhelmed or daddy's overwhelmed. So yeah, I'm just going to say fine, because it seems like mm-hmm. they're not really receptive to a conversation right now. So that is, yeah. I would have never thought of that. Mm-hmm. So like you were saying earlier, you know, you spent a lot of time with older kids in high schools and I'm sure navigating, you know, the emotions throughout the year of like starting and then becoming virtual and then being virtual for a while and then missing graduations, missing proms, missing, mm-hmm. et cetera, kind of jumping in and out of all of those things, you know, you had to navigate a lot of loneliness, which, you know, can breed a lot of other things, right? Like you were saying, you had to do a lot of more consultations on like, you know, suicidal ideations and things with different kids. Yeah. So from loneliness and, you know, and depression and et cetera, we kind of breed other feelings. And so how, Mm -hmm. as a you know, as a parent, as a sibling, as a family member, as a close friend, whatever, can we be there for a child that is experiencing those feelings, you know, other than asking them, you know, how was your day at school? What did you do today? Et cetera. Are there other things that we can kind of be doing to be present to them? Because we know that, you know, school Mm -hmm. is also very challenging and they have tons of homework and things to do and et cetera. And things can become burdensome to children before they Mm -hmm. are even aware to parents. So how can we kind of enter in to our child or person that we love's life? Yeah, that's great. Honestly, and this seems so simplified, but high schoolers, especially they close in on themselves so easily. Like they just want to be in their room or they just want to be with their friends or they just want to be on their phone. And I hear that a lot from parents like, well, I try to talk to them, but they just don't want to talk to me. Mm. And a lot of times that's true. High schoolers don't want to talk to you. If you sit down and they're like, so tell me about your friends. Tell me about your feelings. Like they're not going to really vibe with that. Right. And like for my little kids, I have feeling charts. I'm like, look at all these feelings, point to which emotion you are. And kids Mm. love that stuff. 
high schoolers are like, absolutely not. Like, I don't, (laughs) I have no desire to do that. Right. But the unfortunate thing is a lot of high schoolers do not have a good feelings vocabulary. And so they will grow up thinking like, I can either be happy, mad, or sad. And like, those are my three emotions when really there's so much intricacy between each of those emotions. Right. Mm. And so that's something a lot with high schoolers, just getting them to like sense what is going on. Like maybe they're annoyed. You're not angry. You're annoyed. Right. Or maybe you are angry and that's okay. And I think like, it's never too late to validify your child's emotions. And so if they come in and are angry, like teaching them that like, it's okay that you're angry. What you do with that anger can be either good or bad. Obviously Mm. you punch a wall, maybe not so good. Right. Sure. But feeling angry is okay. Especially we see this with like high school boys. They'll feel like, oh, I can't act angry. I can't act sad is the big one. Like a lot of high school girls feel like they're not allowed to act angry. A lot of my high school boys thought they weren't allowed to feel sad. But like we know good fathers feel a range of emotions and they feel sadness and good priests feel a range of emotion and feel sadness. So Mm. encouraging our sons that it's okay if you feel sad is great. And honestly, the simplest way to do that connection with your children is like to play a game with them, like even your high schoolers. And I know that sounds like, like I'm never going to convince my child to like play a board game or go on a walk with me, but any sort of like non technology based time together can really make them feel safe again. And especially if when they were young, you guys played a lot of board games or you went on a lot of walks or you went to the park or you did this stuff like, to rechannel some of those things that they did that made them feel safe and made them feel at home. There's a lot of family connection that can happen in that. And that's really powerful. Like if their only experiences of spending time as a family is like going to mass, which is beautiful and so great as a family, but you're not talking to each other. And Mm. then maybe you eat dinner once a week, but they're busy with sports and they're whatever. So their only check-ins with you are you're really quick. Like how was your day? And then they go in their room. Like, they don't have an emotional connection with their family at that point. So when Mm. they start feeling all these emotions, they will think that they don't have anywhere to go to at home. And so then they'll think their friends are their best support system, which is the case sometimes, but not always the case because they're also high schoolers who are hormonal and emotional and all of those things that high schoolers are. And so just providing that space, like it's as simple as like, Hey, we're going to play cards together today. Like we're going to play a board game. It's setting a routine. Like as much as children push back on routines, that's how they feel safe. And that's how they establish like healthy boundaries is that they have Mm. a routine. Even as high schoolers, when their life is crazy, like they crave that kind of routine connection with their parents. And even though their parents care, and I know they do because I'm a parent and I know you care about your kids. High schoolers will convince themselves all day because they're angsty that their parents don't like them and they don't Mm. care about them. And so trying to show them in ways of intentional time together is really important. Mm, That is amazing. That is also so sad. Like you were saying, you know, high schoolers will convince themselves that their parents don't love them and don't care Mm -hmm, for them. mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, I think, I mean, that definitely breeds a lot of negative feelings, I'm sure. So gosh, and I imagine as a mother, you could never Mm -hmm. even you could never even think of your children thinking that you don't love them or care for them deeply. 
No, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like it's so heartbreaking. I can't even imagine. I yeah. mean, I would like, yeah. I would like fall on a railroad track for your children. So I can't even imagine like how, you know, how that must be so hard to navigate. And so yes. I think that that is so interesting to just mm-hmm. constantly be on top of creating that emotional connection is so important. Yeah. And I think we overcomplicate it a lot. Like, I'll have parents call me in the elementary school and in the high school, be like, how do I connect to my kid? They don't respond. They don't do these things. But when I'm in sessions with my students, like one of my students said it best two years ago when I was interning, I was counseling a kid and he was sitting on the ground and we were playing a game. I think we were playing like Candyland, right? Very simple counseling stuff. And he looked at me and was like, you're the only adult that sits on the floor and plays with me. Mm which is crazy, right? Because that doesn't seem like a big deal, but that getting on his level, sitting with him and playing a game with him was so powerful. And I had another student who told me that nobody plays with him at home. And I was like, well, what, what are they doing at home? What do they do? And he said like, mommy is always just looking at her phone. And so she doesn't have time, which Mm -hmm. is such a slippery slope because I get into that at home where I'm like, Mm. okay, I just want to do something for myself. I just want to look at Instagram. I just want to respond to my friends' text messages that I haven't been able to respond to. But when your kids look up and all they see is a screen between you and them, they feel disconnected. And even if you're not actually busy, they don't feel as welcome to ask you to play with them. And so those things like that we fall into can actually be damaging to our relationship. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Wow. What a call out for someone who immediately wakes up in the morning and is immediately <laughs> watching so many TikToks, even so though I many know, TikTok. right? even though I know like they are so detrimental to my mental health because I will wake up and just be in a panic because you'll be watching something and it's just like a flurry of different things happening on the screen. It's too much to keep up. So that is, yeah. So what a call out. I definitely need to yeah, be well, same, same. with my time. Um, <laughs> as we're, you know, kind of moving in, we're going to be deep into September soon. It really feels mm-hmm. like days and years and months are kind of flying by in this pandemic. And yeah, it's just like time is relative now. So as we're kind of moving forward, what is one thing if you could leave, you know, parents, guardians, grandparents, good friends, teachers mm-hmm. with like one thing that we can do to be present to our children, right? And mm-hmm. to people that we love in our life that happen to be young people. And what would you say is that thing that you would leave them with? I think just finding a way to be there, not physically, physically, of course, but emotionally and mentally and in your prayers, spiritually, like just be there for your kids and show them that you're there consistently while also modeling that like sometimes you need breaks and that's okay. But explaining that, I think sometimes we're tempted to just, well, I'm just going to run into the bathroom and hide. But the explanation of mommy needs a break for herself, dad needs a break for herself so that they can learn how to do that. So they don't feel like when they're feeling these emotions, they have to shut themselves in and not let anybody out. But to Mm. be able to model like complete presence and being mindful in that moment with your child and also healthy boundaries. Mm. Wow. I love that. Yes. And hopefully you know, moving into this year, which we're still in the pandemic and we're still trying to navigate being in school and how all of those things actually look. Hopefully this year we'll see lower rates of, you know, 
children that are experiencing suicidal thoughts and et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we can work to be more, you know, present to our children and our families and, you know, our parents, et cetera. And so I'm hoping after this past year of a lot of us spending a lot of time together, which a lot of people realized after spending so much time with their kids and their husbands and their wives that they were like, oh my goodness, Either you felt like you need like a long vacation now, but hopefully from that long vacation, you also felt like you gained some sort of insight and knowledge. And so hopefully this can help anyone for, you know, that feels like they need further insight because I lived with my niece for like a couple months in the beginning of the pandemic. And just Mm -hmm. from that experience living with a young person is so hard. Um, so intense. Yeah, <laughs> And talking mm-hmm. to them and my niece is like it, she's so sweet, but talking to young people, you know, she was a teenager. She was like 16 at the time was so hard to have mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. and to ask them and just kind of gain insight. And, and it was great because she expressed to me a lot of the positive feelings that she was having about a lot of things but her negative feelings, she didn't express to me until months into living with me, mm-hmm. you know, and it was so fruitful and great, mm-hmm. but I just can't imagine being, you know, then also conflicted with like outside relationships. Cause we were just in a pandemic in the house together alone. Like she couldn't go see anyone. Yes. She wasn't at school. So I can't imagine like all the things at once. So I think it's so awesome to have you as a resource today yeah, to share because, you know, life is going to get back to normal at some point. And it's great to know how to talk to people <laughs> because Absolutely. I feel like I've become socially inept after this past year. Oh, so. We honestly all have. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that is awesome. So Jasmine, where can we find yeah. more information? I'm putting you on the spot here, but as a... That was great. Right. As a person, (laughs) as a person that, you know, wants to learn how to kind of support someone if they're feeling, you know, upset or depressed or Mm -hmm. anxious or if they're experiencing suicidal feelings or if they're just having a really hard time navigating a particular season of life. What would you recommend that that person do or look at or read, et cetera? Oh, there are so many good resources. It's hard to pinpoint There are a lot of podcasts on mental health. There are a lot of podcasts on parenting that are really good and sound. And so definitely explore that option if you're somebody who likes to listen while you're driving. Uh, There are endless books on like parenting. And now there's lots of articles and research coming out about parenting during a pandemic and mental health during a pandemic. Obviously, that stuff's not in hard print yet, but that's really good stuff to look for. Mm. But honestly, my biggest resource that I always fall back on is just finding the right counselor and finding a therapist that works for you. And even if you're struggling with communicating with your kid and you have no idea how to communicate with them and they're in high school and you feel like it's too late, it's not too late. Once they graduate high school, it's going to be hard to convince um, your college age or working child to come to therapy with you. But while they're under your roof, like family therapy is it. And it's so good. And they will teach you how to communicate with one another so your relationship can be better. Mm. And it's hard to blanket statement certain resources because each family is so different. But your therapist would work with you to find specific resources for you that would be helpful for your child because some children will do better with a range of different types of therapy. And so finding a good therapist is so important. And if nothing else, if therapy is expensive, if all of those things, there's so many 
therapy centers through like universities that offer discounted therapy. And a lot of them are virtual right now. So you don't even have to live where they are. And then there's also like great spiritual directors and there's great priests and there's all these things. I was just talking to my husband's best friend, who's a priest last night. And he was like, I just need people to know I'm not a counselor. Maybe you're a priest out there who's feeling the same, that yes, you can offer so much spiritual direction, but at a certain point, it's very heavy to have Mm. to be conducting counseling sessions. So just a booster. And I know Chanel talks about this all the time because it's so important, but there's no shame in having a counselor as a Catholic person. You can have a spiritual director and a counselor. They can even work together. They can get a consent to release. There's so many support systems you can build around your children. And there's never too many supportive adults in your child's life. So mm. get them all those resources. I love that. That's a word. You're like, there's never too many supportive adults. <laughs> there it is. That is Give a word. Them everybody. And it's beautiful too, you know, even like, I mean, your daughter is my goddaughter and it's amazing seeing her just grow and learn. And it also makes me sad. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so it's sad. like, ooh, I'm about to cry. But it's like amazing watching her grow and also seeing the community that supports her and your youngest as well, you know, but Mm -hmm. just watching your oldest grow and learn and have conversations and play Mm -hmm. and just watching all of the adults around her that support her, whether it's from like, you know, the people that watch her while y'all are at work or, you know, or Mm -hmm. your neighbors or your family or her extended family, whatever. And I just think that's so cool that children can really have a, you know, children can have a village and that village can be so impactful on their lives, you know, and just how they see themselves and then how they self-talk and then how they talk to you. It's just, it's just such a cool thing. So, yes. And I think there's such a temptation as parents to like, well, I don't get to have friends. Like I'm so busy running around with my kids or like Mm. helping them form relationships that I don't have time to have friends or foster relationships, but really what we have found so far is the relationships we have poured into and the people we choose to spend time with are all people that I would want my kids to grow up to be like. And so we just surround ourselves with people that are great examples. And because of pouring into those relationships, now my children have so many people that I know if they were ever having a hard time, like they can pick up the phone and call them or those people would fly to us and make sure our kids are okay. Like there's such a community gathered around them, but it's because of us deciding these are the people we want to pour into. These are the people Mm -hmm. we want to be close to. And we're just kind of harsh on boundaries, not even harsh. We're working on setting healthy boundaries to only gathering people around us that are good for our mental health and our people we would want our children to be like. And that's okay. And that's not selfish for parents to want to set up a community around themselves because that becomes a community around their children as well. Mm, I love that. You guys are the best. (laughs) No, but we're trying. (laughs) No, um, no, you guys are the best. We, um, as a Ave Spotlight community and myself, appreciate you sharing everything with us today. And you're so awesome. We'll make sure to drop a resource for you know, therapy, if you're interested in it, there's an awesome, you know, there's directories of Catholic therapists. If you've been interested in a lot of dioceses, they have directories and there's tons of resources, podcasts, et cetera. I know Ave Maria Mm -hmm. Press has a whole um, page of resources that we have episodes of podcasts and books and 
blogs that were written on mental health. So if y'all want to check that out. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's tons of stuff like that, but we're just so happy to have you today and to share all of your knowledge and you're just such a good person. So um, thank, thank you. you so much happy for be being here. with us. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, I almost forgot <laughs> to ask. Everyone's like, Chanel, how could you? I forgot to ask. They At the end of every day. episode, we ask what <laughs> guess hope for the week is. I'm literally so in love with you. I can't even focus. <laughs> we ask oh every guest what our what their hope for the week is. And so it can be something small. It can be something huge. If you need time to think about it, I can go first or you can go first. How are you feeling? Um, You go first. I want to gauge my answer and see how okay, good it is. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. I'm going to make it very pious. So my hope for the week <laughs> is that I got this new desk in my room. I built a desk from, I went to Ikea, which can be, which is God bless. where a lot of people pass away in there because it's just so horrific. <laughs> um, it's so horrible to navigate that place. And so I got a desk from Ikea. I dragged it all the way home. I got a chair from there. I built it. It took me like five hours to build it. Um, You're not crafty. That's a miracle. It is. I'm not. And I literally had moments where I just would stop and just watch like, you know, clips of Parks and Rec on YouTube, like, and it took me five, (laughs) I, I like, I had no focus. And so I built this thing in five hours and I have only done now with this podcast, like 45 minutes of work at it. So my hope for um, September (laughs) is that I actually sit at this desk and do actual work at it and stop sitting in my bed and convincing myself that I will do work at my bed because I always fall asleep or, you know, start watching a show. So that is my hope that I just start utilizing actual things that exist in my room. So how about you? What's your hope? That's a really good hope. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm excited to uh, hold you accountable to that. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I will. Yeah. My hope this month, we're starting new student groups at my school. And so we're meeting with all the new students in like small group counseling setting and kind of helping them feel comfortable and find a community at the school. And I'm really hopeful that they'll kind of get more comfortable with the school, get acquainted. And the goal is always that they will at least make one friends that they feel comfortable with. And so I'm just really hoping that that is successful for them because it can be really isolating to come into a new school. So helping them to build that community is what I'm hoping to start this month. I love that. That's so awesome. Well, Thank you so much again for being with us. And hopefully we can have you on another episode in the future. I'll come anytime. I'm just going to keep on pumping out this friendship. Um, But we we appreciate (laughs) you. And And for all of our Spotlight listeners, we look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you guys again for listening and thank you to Jasmine for being our guest. I'm so honored to be able to have these conversations every week and I am so looking forward to next week and sitting down and talking with y'all. Thank you guys again for being here. I'm praying for each one of you. Please pray for me. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.